Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, Steve Jones Show, News Radio 1070 WKOK. You can find us at stevejonesshow.com. Subscribe to our podcast. We're on iTunes, Apple Podcast app, Google Play. Search Steve Jones Show. Hit subscribe, and we'll send the shows straight to your mobile device so you can listen to them anytime, anywhere. You can also access three months of shows on our homepage at stevejonesshow.com. If you are listening to us through the podcast, thank you for downloading. And if you are listening to us on iTunes, uh, don't hesitate to leave us a review. Help us get the word out even more. You can also get in touch with us. Our email is stevejones at wkok.com. One word, stevejones at wkok.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle, at stevejonespsu. Well, today's Penn State Pro Day at the football complex. We'll be getting into that conversation soon. Also, uh, you got the first of four play-in games first four uh, two games tonight two tomorrow night in Dayton so it'll be my only time out of the whole year while I'll watch true TV <laughs> catch those games tonight and tomorrow night and then the uh, field of 64 will be set for the uh, hoops of Palooza aka March Madness that starts on Thursday and you mentioned we mentioned Steve does and uh, Dick Girardi does quite a bit uh, the Ken Palm ratings who is Ken Palm? Ken Pomeroy. So we'll have Ken Palm, Ken Pomeroy, on the show, crunching those numbers, and talk about his take on the tournament as we're getting closer to the uh, first batch of tip-off times. And as we mentioned a second ago, we will have some you know Penn State football conversation coming up soon. Uh, tomorrow, Chris Trapasso of CBSSports.com scheduled to join us. He was at Pro Day today. Uh, by the way, a former Penn State football offensive lineman, a rich guy now, signed a very lucrative deal not too long ago, re-upped with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive lineman Donovan Smith. Donovan will be joining us tomorrow afternoon. Uh, he is set to join us at 3.35 live on WKOK tomorrow. Also, moving closer toward the NCAA Wrestling Championships in Pittsburgh. Uh, this time on Thursday, they will be well underway. Oh, we'll get to, we'll get, get to that later. You I know. know. <laughs> When's wrestling going to be on? Just, Wait, in, in I haven't, time, I, ha- okay? I haven't talked about wrestling nonstop since in, the beginning in, of the show. In, in, in due time, I've, I've been mentioning Pro okay. Day. I've been, I just mentioned Donovan Smith a second ago. <laughs> When's wrestling going to be on? Maybe right. right on a twenty-four-seven wrestling channel. Yeah. Um, oh, is that in the works? Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> no. 
Um, it was good to see Saquon today. Yeah. Little celebrity stopping by wow. the Lash building today. Love that. <laughs> I said to him because he What a difference a year makes. He, he was wearing this orange sweatshirt. I said, way to be conspicuous. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, Saquon also did a little business when he was here, too. Because he was talking to Todd Kolka today. And he's the academic advisor. He's trying to work. I, Saquon's very close to his degree. You realize that? And they're trying to work out. Like, there's a math course he needs. So try to work out when he can take that. See, he's still working toward his degree. I think a lot of people will be, uh, I think, thrilled to know that. So that was part of the conversation. I was standing there uh, for a bit. Um, but he wanted to talk wrestling, too. And I was like, oh, come on, Saquon. It's at the end of the week. <laughs> Hey, I know a guy who can start up his own wrestling channel. Mike Trout. He can swing it. Don't know how big a wrestling fan he is, but... (laughs) $430 million. By the way, there was a guy, speaking of wrestling, this is true. Today at the workout, there was a guy from WWE there. (laughs) Can you believe that? Now an actual, actual, actual competitor? Okay. No, somebody who is there scouting for WWE. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Hey. I'll find him someplace. But he was there. And Tom Bradley was there from the Steelers. I mentioned him that a certain fan might want to be a free agent now. He says he's personally going to call that fan. Keep him on board. Now, what fan might that be? I wonder. Which fan do we know declared Steeler free agent? Does his nickname rhyme with loot? <laughs> well, I, I, I know his results and his job don't end up in loot. <laughs> <laughs> No, when you said WWE a couple of seconds ago, I was wondering if it was Tom Phillips because Tom was one of your one no, of your students no, in your class. It was not, and, it was, it was not Tom. Yeah. No, it was not Tom. I figured probably not since SmackDown is Tuesdays and that's on tonight. So no. I figured he, since he does broadcasting duties there as well, right? No, it was not. It was not Tom. It was somebody I did not recognize. It had okay. to be. Po- it was. It was. It was pointed out to me. Okay, so it wasn't Tom. It wasn't The Rock. It wasn't Triple H. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, Roman, was, uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, it was uh, Ronda something or other. Was it Ronda Rousey? No. That's going to say. Like you said Ronda. It's like, whoa. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a guy. Oh, okay. I, have no idea, I have no idea who okay. it is. Yes. But there actually there actually was somebody there from WWE. Um, Trace did well. I thought he threw the ball really well. He... Led people into yards after the catch. He led them to spots. He he really threw the ball well. I would say the 52 passes he threw, I thought 45 to 48 of them were pretty darn good. 
DeAndre Tompkins did well. Tompkins ran a really good 40 today, really good 40. To the point where he spotted me at one point, he had to come over and had to whisper the time to me. <laughs> That's what he got, which was really good. And he caught the ball beautifully. I thought Miles Sanders did well today. I'm trying to think. Let's see, you were part of throwing and catching last summer after a practice. Were you pressed into action today? Oh, no, these guys want to succeed. Okay. (laughs) The goal is actually to go someplace. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to help them get there. But. I wasn't sure if anyone stopped by and said, hey, stay loose. We may need you here. It's amazing how nobody thought that. (laughs) But, you know, it was typical pro day. I mean, look, this gives one last chance. Are there certain guys that I know won't make it? Of course there is. But do I blame them for giving it one shot? As I said to one of the assistant coaches today, we were talking about this. I said, you know, I said, do you want to sit there a year from now and have a regret you didn't at least give it a shot? He goes, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and that's... And so they did. Some of these guys went out there and they gave it a shot. And this is their shot they're going to get. You know, other guys like Amani or you know, I'll tell you a guy. Let me give you a guy that may get himself into camp as a free agent. And when he gets there, he's going to show them some things, especially as a special teams performer. And that's Nick Scott. I think Koa Farmer fits into that as well. Those are two guys that when they get to a camp will show something on special teams that I think will keep them as possibilities moving forward. Scott doesn't fatigue. It's amazing. He played 110 plays against Indiana. 110 and looked as fresh in the fourth quarter as he did in the first. Something about Nick. Nick does not fatigue. It's amazing. He also doesn't miss a lot of time either. Well, I don't recall him missing really any time. And then there's Koa. Koa's quick. As a linebacker, I mean, obviously, he's okay. I really felt like he should have made more plays. But he's got great physical gifts. The NFL has a lot of people that have great physical gifts. Well, he'll be he would be one of them. Now, I'll be honest with you. I think that he's the kind of guy that if you're starting out with, okay, I need a roster spot, but somebody who can play special teams but also can play other spots for me but doesn't start, he falls into that category. Look, Derek Williams, when he got to the league, had to play on special teams. Derek Williams had to run down on kickoff coverage. 
And Jack and I always kid him. I bet that had to be special the first time you did that. He goes, uh-huh. He said, I've always returned them. I've never had to cover them. But those are just some quick thoughts on some guys. How can you figure out a way to get into the league? What can I, I mean, the Steelers just signed Mark Barron. Well, Mark Barron is one of those guys that has figured out a way to somehow keep himself in the league. And he's done it because he's not the greatest cover guy going, but he's made himself into that hybrid that's part safety, part inside linebacker. He's you know he's a he's a jack of all trades, a master of none. But in today's game, having a, another guy out there that has some DB safety skills, even though he's not the greatest cover guy, but he's probably a better cover guy than a linebacker. He's at least kept himself in the game. And that's, you know, look at what Michael Robinson did. Michael Robinson became a fullback in the NFL level, made the Pro Bowl one year, won a Super Bowl. He made himself a fullback. He kept himself relevant in the league. And that's what these guys need to do. They need to figure out a way. How can I get myself into the league? What can I do? How many different skills can I bring to the table that that will allow a team to give me either a longer look or I bring enough versatility to the table where I can help somebody out? Because versatility helps in this league. And that's what these guys are trying to show. Well, that an athlete like Koa Farmer can show that. An athlete like Nick Scott can show that. Now, does that mean they're draftable or whatever? Just get into a camp, and in the camp, you can show off the versatility that can help a team. Okay. Take a break. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applications applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All those dreams about Mike Trout being a Philly, forget it. 12 years and $430 million, $36 million a year will squelch those dreams in a hurry. <laughs> and they ponied up some big dough to keep him. It's the largest pro contract ever. How about that? Another no trade, no opt-out, 
Yeah. Hey, still a possibility. Those two could probably be on the same team in the early 2030s. So, really, you think Har- you think uh, Harper's going to be traded? <laughs> Holding out hope. <laughs> They're going to trade Harper to the uh, the Angels. <laughs> Okay, uh, very quickly, uh, Penn State basketball is going to be playing in uh, in uh, Brooklyn for their holiday tournament. I think I've alluded. I, th- I think I've alluded to this. Penn State was going to play in the Charleston tournament. Then I think when we were down in Cancun, we were talking to Ross Condon about, you know, is Charleston still set, or or do you have other ideas? I think they want to take Charleston and put it off a year. And so they're not going to play in both tournaments. If you see anybody saying, hey, they're going to be playing in Charleston, too, they're not playing in both tournaments this year. Okay, You either play in one or the other. You can't play in both. Uh, uh, Because one thing, these are exempt tournaments. If you're an exempt tournament, that means this NIT, preseason NIT, which, by the way, will include Syracuse, Oklahoma State, and Ole Miss at the Barclays Center Thanksgiving week. Uh, will also include two other games that will be played at the Jordan Center. Charleston, my understanding is Charleston's going to be put off a year. So if you have anybody out there saying, oh, they're going to be playing in both, no, they're not playing in both tournaments. Jeez. Uh, I think I've tried to explain this before. I feel like I do too much explaining on this show, <laughs> but that's all right. Obviously, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of questions out there. That's fine. Uh, but I think they might be able to go to Charleston next year. But they're, they can only play in one or the other. They're going to go to the preseason NIT this year. It is Thanksgiving week. Now, in the past, they have played this one night on a Wednesday and then come back the second game on a Friday with Thanksgiving off. That's the same week, by the way, of the Rutgers game. So, just a thought. It is close enough if, say, the announcer wants to drive back for Thanksgiving with his family, he can do it. So that is what they, they're doing with that. That was announced today. Uh, I do expect, obviously, if I'm guessing, I'm going to guess the ACC Challenge game is an away game because they were at home with Virginia Tech this year. Uh, my understanding is they're going to be in the Gavit games again. But if they do, it probably is going to be a home game because they were at DePaul this past year. All right. So just a couple of notes there. Uh, Anything you want to add about wrestling? No, we're good right now at this point. But we will add that the Bucknell women, they're going to be taking on Florida State, a five seed. Bucknell got a twelve. And they will play Friday at four in Charlotte, North Carolina. First very round. nice. Yes. Very, very nice. Yes. That's good. Yeah. Congratulations on the championship, by the way. Now, hey, you know what? You're taking the game at a time, and who knows? Who knows? Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Camp, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Ken Pomeroy, KenPom.com coming up along with Neil Kulong today on the show. On News Radio 1070 WKOK, your exclusive home for the play by play of the suit.
taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kierwitz 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Ben Kirschel, CBSSports.com, and the Alliance of American Football in just a few moments. Ken Pomeroy, KenPom.com on college basketball in the NCAA tournament. Next half hour, final half hour, Neil Kulong, USA Today. Donovan Smith of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers joins us on the show tomorrow at 3.35. And again, the generosity, I thought, of Tom Bradley to want to call a Steeler fan who wants to jump off the bandwagon, I thought was a touching moment. Uh, then he said to me, he says, what's this guy look like? And so I showed him a picture on my phone. I don't think he wants to call anymore. All right, so... <laughs> you still saved it on your phone. How about that? Uh, well, you were in the picture, and I wanted to save it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He goes, it's the guy on the left. He goes, oh, boy. It's all about okay. keeping your fans. One fan at a time. Yeah, but they're debating now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's bring in Ben Kershaw, CBSSports.com. We want to talk about the Alliance of American Football. Ben, always great to have you with us. Oh, uh, you know, I'm working through about one bloodshot eye. Uh, <laughs> I haven't – I I don't think I've – taken a well that's not true my my birthday was a couple of sundays ago and my girlfriend finally pulled me aside she's you're taking a day off and i said oh all right all right so i worked a little bit that morning and then she threw my computer out the window i said all right i'm coming and so then we we went on like a went on uh kind of a nice day trip and and we got someone to cover for me and like that was my first day off probably since january and then you know, even then steve that was you know, within weeks after the end of the college football season, so I, I've right. been kind of running since September. You know, and it's right. uh, so it's it's going well. It's just you know the finish lines in sight. I'm like, all right, I gotta yeah. gotta get that second win here. Yeah, exactly. By the way, I'm watching I'm watching San Diego Birmingham last night. John O'Neill, who does the Big Ten, was the referee last night on the game. Yeah. He's done a lot of Penn State games. All right, through six, Ben. What do you like? What aren't you sure about? I like the fact that the offenses are finally starting to get it together. It took yes. a few weeks, figured it would take a few weeks, but you're starting to see uh, these, these teams gel a little bit more. Not everyone is, is you know playing well. Um, Memphis does not have a good offensive line. Birmingham offensively has some individual pieces up front, but collectively they, they just have so many injuries and are rotating guys out, and it's just not there yet. But that's not uncommon for football. I mean, teams with bad offensive lines or injured offensive lines tend to have a, a little bit of a harder go of it. But I think the offenses are getting there. That's been really nice to see. You're starting to get, I wouldn't quite call it household names, but you're starting to identify more with individual players, which is a little bit fun. Um, just watching them and then going, okay, at the end of the season, you can probably start to count the guys who are going to get picked up by NFL teams yes. and, and who will go off and, and make a career for themselves, you know, whether they're, you know, would be on a rookie contract, you know, in terms of that they didn't really make it last time, or, you know, you look at like a Garrett Gilbert or a Charles Johnson for Orlando, those would normally be like second contract dudes, but it's cheaper for an NFL team to let them go 
and then just pick up a rookie guy, right? Like in a in a middle round, late round, and you're not just not paying as much for a guy who's probably going to be number two on the depth chart. So, but now you're seeing now they lost this past weekend, but you see Garrett Gilbert and Charles Johnson playing really well, and they might you know they might go back to the NFL and they might be final contract guys. Like Charles Johnson's 30 years old, you know, he, right. he probably got maybe two, eh, you know, three years left in him, so he might be able to make the most out of it. So, seeing those guys really play up has been a lot of fun the the one thing that i'm still kind of i don't know that i don't know if it'll ever turn the corner is you know interest has declined in the midseason which is totally understandable and then on top of that you're getting ready to go into march madness and i think they need to reevaluate a little bit how they I think you need to invest. You know, they got these big broadcasting rights right out of the gate, which was was great. Mm-hmm. I think they need to look at streaming a little bit more. Um, I think uh, I don't know. I just it's. I think they just have a ways to go in terms of of maintaining interest. But you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, and you, know, you gotta. You got to just take a look at these things moving forward and try to adjust. All right. No, I think that's a good point. I wonder if you know. I know there's only four games a weekend, but like mm-hmm. a showcase Friday night game of the week. They'll have one. They'll have one at the end of the year. But I, I think you're you're on to something in terms of do you experiment with like that Thursday night game, yeah. right, or like a Monday night, or right. you just try to you know sort of get one in there. The thing is, is these guys are, are going ten straight weeks. Right, and there's no, uh, there are no open weekends, there are no bye weeks. Right. So, you know, someone's going to get just like just like any time you start playing with the schedule, someone's going to get the short end of the stick, mm-hmm. right? Like someone's going right. to go, oh crap, we got to turn around in three days, and <laughs> you know, some of these teams like San Antonio, you know, what San Antonio just did, they came off a month long road trip. Right. They have four straight road games. So some of these schedules they need to figure out. Yeah, San Diego. Need to get them I, right first. Yeah, I think San Diego's going on a three-week road trip, I think. Yeah, up. some of these – and I get logistically it can be challenging with eight teams in ten weeks. Like, I, I understand there's going to be some, some holes in, in, in that just in general because there's just not a plethora of inventory to it. Like, I, I get that. Not everyone's going to be able to have an even – sort of count of home games and away games as they sort of go throughout the season, but you got to, San Antonio went a month without a home game, you got to figure that out a little bit. Uh, Thomas Dundon of uh, the Carolina Hurricanes uh, kicked $250 million in investment into the league. What did that do to stabilize it? Well, it gives you probably the uh, Bill Polian said about another four or five years. I, I think if you want to be a little bit safer, it gives you about another three, mm-hmm. you know, three to four. Um, it gives them some stability in that they hit a milestone. And, you know, there was a report from The Athletic, from David Glenn, actually, and David Glenn does a really good job. And I'm not going to sit here and personally dispute anything that he reported. But what what I can tell you, and this is from conversations from the top on down, front office, coaches, GMs, I mean, you just go down the ladder. There was the story that they had basically run out of money. Everyone that I talked to, they did not indicate that they hadn't been paid. So I I don't ever get the impression that was the case. I was told flat out that that was false. But when you're a startup company, you have to hit milestones. You have to create capital investments. To, to keep liquidity. And so getting Dundon's investment was another milestone 
in doing that. And that gets you, you know, so far. And then by that point, you figure your, um, you know, your your worth is a little bit more. And and then you just kind of keep going from there. Maybe by then they actually have an official tie with the NFL. So you just you don't know what the future is going to bring. But I just I was asked a bunch about it around the time that it happened. And the most succinct way I can put it is they are $250 million richer than they were like 24 hours before that. And would you have an issue with that? And every person said, no, I think that'd be good. I go, all right, well, then there you go. You know, they're $250 million richer. That's, ex- that's exactly where they are right now. Uh, you mentioned the attendance uh, along the way. How much, about how much has it? No, attendance declining is not a surprise for a new league. That is a pattern of every new league. Uh, is it is it a normal decline, or has there been a couple of places where it's declined a little bit more than they thought it might? Well, you mentioned actually the San Diego game last night. They actually had a season high yeah. uh, for their attendance. I think they had about twenty. Which people might, you know, stick their nose up at twenty thousand people for a first year football league. I take it right. I mean, it's just uh, San, uh, San Antonio. Again, they haven't had a home game in a month, but you know those first two, they averaged almost 30k. Now, some of the sites, I don't have, I don't know what the most recent numbers are. I think Salt Lake has been has been a, a tough place to draw a crowd. Uh, Birmingham, oddly enough, has kind of low attendance numbers, uh, but Orlando has maintained pretty yeah, well. About they look good. The thousand, yeah, yeah, about twenty thousand. So. Dip in some regards, raised in some regards, is okay. Home crowds become a little bit more familiar with what's going on. Probably called a wash, you know, at the end of the day. Which again, for I think a mid-season slump, if you can generally more or less call it a wash, then you go, man, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, ben, something that's also happened with leagues. Now, AAF's in a different category, in, as far as I'm concerned, because they're not trying to compete with anybody, at least at this hour. Uh, yeah. But they, what will happen is, in order to get an infusion of quick cash in, they'll expand, because there's an expansion fee to get in. Do you see the league staying at, at 8 in the next season? Yeah. Yeah, for the foreseeable future, it's 8. And that's coming straight from from the front office. Okay. Um, no immediate indication of expansion. And I, honestly, Steve, I think that's the right move. Just work on what you have. Uh, completely <laughs> get agree. That, get that right. Then, okay, in a few years down the line, maybe, maybe you say, okay, can we take on two more teams? It, you know, Where are the markets for that? But you have to make sure that the eight markets that you have right now are, are capable of supporting this. And, and remember, these are, these are not individual franchises. Everything is part of the main uh, head you know, right, for, exactly. for the AAF. So you, you've got to – everyone's got to be on the same page before you can even think about getting bigger. So, no, nothing on the immediate horizon. I think that's right. Any feel from uh, people with the NFL about what they think of it? Well, I mean, they're, they like it in the sense that they, you know, they get more tape on guys, right? I mean, they, they now have a chance to, to look at guys that they may not have had as much of an opportunity um, in the past. Because remember, so many of these guys, they come from NFL camps because well, they were second and third string guys. And, I mean, you know, they only get so many reps in practice. That's right. I mean, you just, and if you get hurt, then 
that's it. You know, just you're you're done because you're already behind and they're moving forward. There is no, you know, catching up in in this thing. So the NFL likes it in that sense. And I've talked to some some GMs around the league, and I say, okay, you know, is anyone coming down? Are scouts coming down and looking at some of these guys? And you're starting to get some of that. I think is the second half of the season. Uh, picks up, you're going to see a little bit more of that. Guys start to stand out. Okay, let's send some guys down there and and you know take a look and, and see what we can find with them. I, I think one thing that there are discussions with, nothing necessarily imminent or formal, but preliminary discussions, is can we get some guys from the NFL to come down? And there are obviously yes. some roadblocks in that as far as your contracts are concerned, you've got to figure out a way to sort of get around that and you know get through the players' union and, and get all of that sorted out. But like the example that was brought up in the teleconference that I was on, I thought it was a perfect example, was with the Pittsburgh Steelers and um, in Mason Rudolph. Yes. And, you know, would you say, okay, he's not going to play right now because Ben's the quarterback, but would you send him down because, I mean, you know, he, he, people think he might be the future, but he wasn't like a first-round pick that you know you're going to play in like a season or so. He, he's a, he was a was third-round pick, I think. He was like, he was, okay, yes. he was a mid-round, second-day pick. Yep. Can you just send – he obviously has skill. Can you send him down for a season, get him some reps? And I think those are the types of situations where it helps the Steelers – to have a guy go down there and get some reps and then it helps the AAF and that look they're not they're not eight great quarterbacks in this league no they're not eight great they're not you're barely eight great quarterbacks in the NFL right. so I mean yeah. just, you need you need to elevate that style of play I mean you watched the game last night like Luis Perez looks like an NFL quarterback one play looks like he didn't even belong playing professional football exactly next. I mean it's just yep. so you've got to elevate that ceiling a little bit and I again there's a lot to make that type of of transaction happen but it is something that they're talking about and I think it's a worthwhile conversation obviously you know Ben I've got to ask about Johnny Manziel because he was able to yeah. he was able to behaviorally get himself out of the CFL I mean and you feel <laughs> you feel like he did it deliberately uh but yeah. uh he goes is great. I don't know why you'd want to leave. They're a great country. Uh, exactly. Montreal's a yeah. great city. Right. Uh, but he goes to Memphis, and Memphis is offensively challenged. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Manziel in this league? Does he give it some juice? Does he give it a rating point? What does he do? I think he's an interesting acquisition. Now, he was supposed to go to San Antonio originally. He passed on him. Right. And I've talked to, to Moose Johnston multiple times about Manziel. And what I can tell you is that, they, and, and this is nothing that he hasn't said publicly, they didn't think they needed him. And it, which is crazy because San Antonio is so close to College Station, you feel like that would be, right. you know, yeah, let's absolutely get Manziel because of the whole regional market mm-hmm. identity that each of these teams have. But he's like, you know, we're, we're pretty good. We feel pretty good about a quarterback situation. And, you know, we just we just don't, we don't need him, you know, and and I thought that was just a very. Now he said more than that, but I thought that was a very interesting kind of idea behind it. And he's gonna, like you said, he's gonna go to Memphis, which is not not only offensively challenging because they have a bad offensive line, but Mike Singletary is their coach, and they yeah. feel like if, exactly if, if they feel like if there's someone who can get this guy in line, it's gonna be 
Mike Singletary. Yeah. And the AAF, as you know, takes on your projects. Give us your injured. Give us your, you know, mm-hmm. maybe bad behavior. Give us all of these guys, and we'll, you know, we'll take them and we'll try to mold them into professional football players. And I think this is a. I didn't know that anyone in the AF really needed Johnny Manziel, but I think this is probably as good of a situation for him in terms of mentorship as he's going to find. Um, I am tepid on the idea that he's going to be an instant impact player. I was hearing it from people all weekend, like San Antonio should have gotten him. They would have sold out the Alamo Dome. He's already the best quarterback in the AF. I'm like, uh, okay, hold on. Like, just <laughs> hold on a second. Johnny Manziel couldn't even make it in the Canadian Football League. He was not a savior for the Browns. He's certainly not going to save an entire professional football organization. Okay, so just just calm down a little bit here. I think he has some potential to make things exciting. We're getting ready to go into week seven. I'm not even – he may play next weekend, but I'm not even 100% sure that's going to be the case. He just arrived in Memphis yesterday. You saw the games over this weekend. The offenses are starting to get it together. These guys have now had several months of chemistry reps together, and and Johnny Manziel is going to come in and just connect with everyone right out of the gate. The other thing you have to remember is, and and this is sort of my last point on the whole thing, but is these guys are in the AAF. They are keeping their heads down, they're keeping their nose clean, yeah. and they're working as hard as they can because they feel this is, and, and it is, this is their last shot yep. at, at, at the NFL. And so they will do everything they can to make this happen. What has Johnny Manziel ever done that makes you think he knows this is his last chance? Mm. And, 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 and that's not to say he can't turn a corner, and that's why they put him with Singletary. But when you pick up someone like Johnny Manziel and he comes in that locker room, you think everyone's just going to automatically respect him? No, I mean, you've got to, you, you have to earn that. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. You have to you walk into that, that locker room and command it. And when you can't lead yourself, how can you lead other people? Yeah, so I just, so, it, it, I, look, I'm like everyone else. I'm interested. Of course I'm interested. But just... You know, just pump the brakes a little bit on him going out there and throwing for four touchdowns right away. Just, just you know, pump it. Ben, one, one final question for you. Uh, it's interesting in, in talking with you today, you've talked, well, I talked with this person, and then this, I talked with this person. How have has the league been with you giving you the access that you feel you need to do your job? Outstanding. Well, because they're, they're a startup and they want people to know their story. Right. So, uh, yeah, so access has been great, and you know, you just and I was down there in, in San Antonio for training camp in January, and you just get to know these people, and you you just do it like anything else. You develop your relationships, you develop your sources, and 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 they just know that you know by and large you're trying to to tell the stories of these people looking for another chance. And on top of that, you know, you get guys like Moose or uh, Phil Savage. You know, is with yes. the, uh, the, Arizona. the Arizona Hot Shots. So, you know, Tim Ruskell was with the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've, they've been in the game. They know how it works. Right. So, I mean, it's, you're still dealing with, with pros in, in that sense. So, um, no, they've been, they've been really good. And then it also helps when not 
a lot of people are on it, so you can just corner the beat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, right. when no one else is asking for access, other than maybe a couple, re- you know, like local beat guys, right? For like the San Diego Union Tribune or something, right? Like, oh, okay, we got like the Union Tribune and like Ben Gergel. It's like, okay, yeah. like that's that's all we got. And when you're walking, it's Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Good yeah, Ben. Right. Great to yeah, see you, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 been you know a number of things kind of coming together. But I, I will say this: it's it, we talk about the AAF being a developmental league for players, and it's not just for players; it's for assistant coaches. Yes. It's for you know officials, and you know what? It's a development project for me too, professionally. I mean, it's I've been working on one thing for so long. And then I was just thrown into this other thing. It's okay. Well, now you have an opportunity to really get in with your bootstraps and, and start at the, the ground floor. And and so that part has it's it's a development project for me as much as anybody else. Well, I've been reading a lot of it. it's terrific work, Ben. Thanks so much. Yeah, appreciate really appreciate your time very much. Look forward to catching up again shortly. All right, thanks, Steve. Take care, man.